Genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this is our annual Christmas special, which means we have returning co-founder of the Protagonist Podcast, Todd Mack, back with us. I am so happy to be here and in the flesh. Yes, I am looking directly into his eyes as we speak over the exact same microphone. (laughs) And at times, the intimacy may become too much and we will break out into giggles. We're going to try and control that. (laughs) Do you see the fear in his eyes? There's a lot of fear because, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I may clean sweep this entire entire competition. I think I've said that before. And um, according to one of my sons, he thinks... I've never won. I'm sure I've at least won once or twice on this Christmas special, but he's like, Todd always wins the Christmas special. So we're going to see what happens here uh, in our Christmas special. Producer Andrew sends us a list of titles to Christmas specials that we have never seen. Both Todd and I will pitch I mean, they're Christmas movies. Christmas movies. Yeah. We will pitch a plot based on that title alone. That is the only information we have. And then Andrew will also reveal the actual plot and then choose which of the plots is his favorite and whoever gets the most points from producer Andrew wins the game. So Andrew, how do you want us to kick things off here? Uh, Todd has been selected first by a completely non-arbitrary structure of my own design. Okay. Interesting. Are you going to reveal the structure? Is that just left to the listener's imagination? Uh, It had to do with spinning a water bottle. Okay. Okay. So I'm first. Yes, which means you get to choose from all of the titles, which I I should read off all of the titles that we're working with just to start off. And then you get to choose the title and then uh, you can decide, I think, if you want to go first or second, but then it'll just alternate from there. Hmm. So, oh, I feel like this has happened to me before and I wanted to I uh, I'll just go. I mean, I'll go first. And okay. and we'll just I'll just start right at the top. I'm going to go but, in. Well, order. Wait, yeah, yeah, whoever whoever, whoever goes first gets okay, to go gets to pick the title. So the titles that we have this year are My Christmas Hero, Take Me Back for Christmas. Now there's a lot of inflections that you could go with on this next one. Red one, red one, red one. I mean, <laughs> got some options. Well, I, there. I didn't think of this when I first looked at it, but hearing you say it out loud, now I'm only thinking of Red Squadron in Star Wars. <laughs> That is that is a way to read it. Uh, okay, this one, I I think this might be my favorite title. I'll be home for Christmas, and that is I'll as in a shopping aisle. A I S L E. I'll be home for Christmas. B and B Mary, the Naughty Nine. B and B and B is like bed and breakfast, Mary. Yeah. So so B ampersand yeah. B Mary. Uh, and then the Naughty Nine and Favorite Son Christmas. That was a loaded title. That was the one I had. <laughs> Favorite Son Christmas. That one caused me a lot of pondering before I thought I felt like I found anything okay. I could write. I actually like what I landed on for that one. But I'm going to go ahead and start. We'll just start right at the top. My Christmas Hero. So in order to get kind of mentally into this, you have to think 80s action film. Like, 
uh, last action hero. Like last action hero. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here we go. Santa has been captured by Krampus, and he's been taken to a super secret, high security prison in the South Pole. Files <laughs> Files Minch is a retired South Pole elf who, after an altercation with a ginormous and jolly North Pole elf named Muddy, decided to retire from his evil South Pole elf lifestyle. After Santa's kidnapping, Muddy calls up his friend, Files Minch, to ask for help busting Santa out of Krampus's evil South Pole prison. It takes some serious convincing on the part of Muddy to get Files to agree. He's now retired and has a wife and a super cute daughter. They own a Christmas tree farm in Colorado. He's grown out his hair and his beard. So Muddy convinces him to go. And after an awesome shaving montage like uh, Sean Connery and The Rock, uh, they travel through seven layers of the black licorice forest and past the sea of swirly twirly liverwurst and then across the frozen tundra of Antarctica until they arrive at Krampus's palace. From there, it's classic, classic prison break film. Uh, will they make it out alive? Or will Files pay the ultimate price to save Santa? I've All right. taken note of a few similarities to, let's say, a Christmas classic. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe an illusion or two. An illusion or two. Which we have never eschewed illusions in this game. <laughs> we, we have had plenty of time for illusions. Yeah. Yes. All right. My plot for my Christmas hero. Christy and Gabriel are about to celebrate their first Christmas Christmas since getting married. Christy is eager to blend their two Christmas traditions together, but Gabriel doesn't really have many associations with Christmas time. His mom died when he was young, and he and his dad would get the same hero sub sandwich from a hole-in-the-wall restaurant named Deli of the Beast every Christmas <laughs> Eve. He can't even remember all the different meats or dressings that were on this hero sandwich, just that they would get a two-foot sub, eat half of it on Christmas Eve, and the other half on Christmas Day. Well, Christy is extremely determined to recreate this Christmas hero sandwich, sandwich, and she is research-oriented. So she quickly discovers that Deli of the Beast went out of business years ago. Shoddy <laughs> city records make it impossible to find the name of the owner. Undeterred, she turns to the next logical avenue of research. Evocation, conjuration, and necromancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Belle plans to summon the ghost of Christmas past to take her to her husband's childhood Christmas so she can expect the sandwich that he ate and perfectly recreate it for him this Christmas. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very good. <laughs> I, I, I used to worry about the pun thing and the, and the Christmas name thing. And at some point I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to concede whatever, whatever is to be conceded. You have already won in the pun game, mm -hmm. but it turns out it's not a pun game. It's a story game. So we'll the, see. The, the deli of the beast is, is pretty good. Super good. <laughs> my, my alternate name was Big Barry's Beer Deli. <laughs> All right. Deli of the Beast is awesome. That's got to so, be a real place. I must be somewhere. I can't evade that. It's out. pretty good. <laughs> um, okay. So when I sent this title to you, there was a note attached to it. And I haven't followed up on this to determine anything. But it, sa it, it said, this is a working title and subject to change. <laughs> Okay. So the the actual My Christmas Hero 
uh, is a Cam- Candace Cameron Bure uh, Christmas movie. She only gets, what, three or four of those a year. <laughs> she will play like... <laughs> a U.S. Army reservist and orthopedic physician in My Christmas Hero, which will premiere as part of the network's annual Great American Christmas franchise. Great American Christmas returns in October with the original movie premieres Saturdays and Sundays. Sorry, this is like also an advertising blurb for is yeah, there a yeah. plot? one of the channels. Let's see. Uh, Beret's character, Nicole Ramsey, is dedicated to serving military service members and their families at the Joint Military Base in Lacey, Washington, home of First Corps and the 62nd Airlift Wing. This Christmas, with the help of many dedicated heroes, Dr. Ramsey is on a mission to honor a special fallen soldier and bring much-needed healing to her own family. I just searched it, and it does seem like that remained the title as this aired on Great American Family, where... Uh, where where she turned after feeling uh, blacklisted by Hallmark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so it's gonna go to Joseph. Yes, I uh, really like. Gotta get it out now because sometimes the determination I only to have a to, lead once <laughs> to make it a Christmas hero sandwich. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I was most tickled with the uh, evocation, conjuration, and necromancy run. I uh. <laughs> I don't see a deli of the beast. Oh, as a I just googled it and it doesn't seem to exist. Well, so maybe I've got a new career option <laughs> if I want to get into cold cut meats. I okay. mean, do all of the sandwiches need to be literary themed? Oh, I, I would take care of that. Ca- catcher and the ham on rye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um what else have we got what what else have we got (laughs) immediately unfortunately all i got stuck in my head was swiss cheese and swiss family robinson some kind of mix there but i I, i'm not landing on it this is work work in progress (laughs) maybe maybe next christmas we can all come with a sandwich pun (laughs) huckleberry huckleberry something something (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right uh so round two i am going to choose uh, B and B Mary. After he passed away, the reformed Ebenezer Scrooge was invited to help guide other lost souls onto the path of Christmas cheer. So he has joined forces with the ghosts of Christmas to bring various ne'er-do-wells to Ebenezer Scrooge's bed and breakfast one night each holiday season. Rather than <laughs> focusing their efforts on one person each year, now the ghosts and Scrooge can help reform a half dozen Christmas villains. <laughs> This year, the villain wing of the B&B is host to a real estate developer who wants to build a law office on a Christmas tree farm, <laughs> a jaded hipster who is disenchanted with the commercial aspects of, of the holidays, a domestic terrorist who plans to hold an entire building hostage on Christmas Eve, a magician who believes their magic tricks should be the only magic of the season, a Greenford troll-like creature, and a thief who breaks into homes while families are away at Christmas. But not only are Christmas villains invited to Scrooge's B&B, the inspiring people who may help them change are invited to the hero wing. Here we have a sick child whose Christmas wish is for their lonely neighbor to reconcile with their daughter. The adult daughter of an elderly couple has come home to help them run their Christmas toffee store. A family dog who helps everyone feel extra love at the holidays. A magical snowman who has come to life. The daughter of the dream lord. And a noble but hapless Christmas elf. In one day, Scrooge will maneuver his guests into just the right interactions to help the villains learn the true meaning of Christmas. That's nice. I like that. B and B Mary. Okay. Um, darn it. Uh, okay. He's a sad Vietnam war vet who owns a bed and breakfast in a cute little town in rural Vermont. 
He likes taking his golden retriever on long walks in the woods. Oh, that dog was in my... Where he, <laughs> where he thinks about how his life would have been different if one Christmas Eve in 1974, his wife had not died in a tragic car accident while he was away fighting in Vietnam. Now it's 2023, and a super high-achieving New York real estate executive comes to town looking to buy up all the land she can in order to build a strip mall. They grumpily banter back and forth and try to sabotage each other's plans, but over time their relationship becomes warmer as they develop respect and even admiration for each other. And then they realize that they share many interests and even mannerisms. Then on Christmas Eve, her car breaks down during a snowstorm and she ends up walking through the snow to his B&B. He's kind and they visit while she warms herself by the fire. He leaves, he leaves the room to make her a cup of tea and while he is gone, she notices an old photograph above the mantle. It's a picture of her mother. When he comes back, she asks him how he came to have that photo. He tells her that it is a photo of his wife. Little did he know, his wife's parents were always against their relationship. So when he went away to war, they invited her to live with them. She was pregnant at the time he left, but neither of them knew it. She gave birth to a beautiful baby daughter on a tragic Christmas Eve. Unfortunately, she died giving birth, and the parents hid the daughter's existence from her father. They only sent a letter to him saying that she had died in a car accident, and because he was a POW at the time, he couldn't come home. And nobody knew what happened to the daughter. Then she explains, and now the daughter explains, how she was raised by her grandparents, and they had always told her that her father didn't want her. She decides to quit her job and move to Vermont to help her aging father take care of the B&B. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> <All right. laughs> just, just light Christmas cheer here. That's what we're bringing. Well, I mean, early on, I did have a thought. Well, this is an excellent way for the septuagenarian to retire with a good stack of money. Someone buying <laughs> out his locale. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he can retire in comfort. It doesn't seem like that's going to be what happens. No. No, he's going to have a... a he's he's going to have... Magical. A, a, a difficult small <laughs> business. Yes, go for, down this path more. For the remaining years of his life. Um, she's going to help him. I feel like and she was maybe, making maybe more money. Sometime, like some Broadway group needs to practice their winter. <laughs> really, is that <laughs> their winter special? Is that and they rent Christmas, out the entire. Is that what Christmas movies have taught you? That it's all about making more money. <laughs> okay, maybe. Well, well, rather, <laughs> I mean, rather explicitly. I say that out loud. <laughs> no, no, but I don't know. Maybe it's just on my mind that retirement's really difficult, <laughs> and sometimes older people who have had a hard go need a big windfall. <laughs> Maybe she inherited a bunch of money from her grandpa. Um. All right. The in actual his, uh, real estate business. The Just actual. <laughs> the actual B and B Mary, renowned luxury travel blogger Tracy Moore, is invited to a Christmas getaway in exchange for a review of a, and this is listed as a single word, small town B and B. Uh, despite her initial reservations, she finds herself wanting to help the small business and falling for the owner's handsome son Graham. 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 It seems pretty rough. Name. Yeah. Which means it's probably not picking. You're not picking that one. So which no, of no, our it's, plots is? Uh, I thought Todd's was like really good, if a little convoluted. Okay. So Todd's the winner. My instrument right. has evaporated. 
Sometimes Joseph likes to uh, believe that references a quality story make <laughs> as he inserts and shoehorns and crams. I don't know what you're talking illusions. about. All original content in my Ebenezer Scrooge B&B. Hey, I'm just saying two for two illusion based uh, stories. Losers this round this year. Um, I'm just double checking what like I've got. Uh, might vote <laughs> for me. That might not vote well for me moving forward. All right, Todd, you get to p- choose the next title. Um. Okay, I'm just gonna get this one out of the way. Um. I f- I feel like it's okay. Uh, it, it just it is. <laughs> I don't know what I woke up thinking this morning, but. I'm going to go with this. You know those American Girl dolls? This this story is called Take Me Back for Christmas. Uh, you know the American Girl dolls? Um, mm-hmm. They're beloved by children everywhere uh, since the 1980s. And inspire, they inspire with their stories of bravery from across uh, difficult times in America's past. Well, this is a Toy Story spinoff that follows the adventures of three American Girl dolls. Kit Kittredge, who lived during the Depression, Addie Walker, who escaped from slavery, and Kirsten Larson, a young pioneer girl. In the story, Kit, Addie, and Kirsten have been carefully cared for by their owner, Holly, since she received them on the Christmases of 1986, 87, and 88. Holly has loved the dolls her entire life, and she wants to give them to her three children in 2023. But these kids don't know how to play with dolls. They only want video games or iPhones. So sadly, Holly sends the toys to the Goodwill, but nobody wants them there either. At that point, they're slated to be sent to the Island of Misfit Toys. But their shipping takes a wrong turn, and they end up on the Island of Terrifying Toys, where they meet the likes of Teddy Ruxpin, or Tara Ted's demonic teddy bear, a jolly chimp, a Furby, a face bank, a Laugh-A-Lot doll, a Pennywise clown doll, a Little Miss No-Name doll, and a Jack in the Box. The entire island is run by Hugo the Just Man Just a regular Jack faces. in the Box? <laughs> the whole island is run by Hugo, the man with a thousand faces, who is determined to make everyone as miserable as he is. Will the girls be able to use their courage, ingenuity, and affable personalities to win over friends and escape this horrible place? Or will Hugo succeed in his evil plan to destroy Christmas, not just for these adorable balls, dolls, but for all of mankind? So on the shipping label, someone just, instead of Island of Misfit Toys, <laughs> accidentally put Island of Evil Toys? Yes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, I had a lot of fun looking up uh, creepy children's toys. <laughs> Have you ever seen the face bank? No. <laughs> you have to look it up. It's amazing. Um, no, face it's bank. you know someone someone's filling out the label and and they say, "Hey, where are these going to?" And someone just shouts over, "Oh, it's that uh, that island with the bad toys." Yeah. yeah, and you know, and bad the American toys, Girl bad dolls toys. accidentally get sent over there. All right, for take me back for Christmas. I was inspired by Todd's choice during our Halloween special in 2023 to do a haiku. I do? Yes. No. No. I, 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 like, <laughs> Andrew, I need to ask you, what's your favorite flavor of sonnet, Shakespearean or Petrarchan? Oh, I I prefer Petrarchan. Okay, I got that for you. <laughs> you do you oh have a, one one of each version? I do have one of each version. <laughs> I'm going to be very particular about your Volta. Growing up, I loved Merry Holidays. You loved them more. I could see in your eyes. You felt the pool of family and small town ties. I wasn't the kind of person who stays. 
As a young adult, I faced the crossways. I left to see skyscraper crowded skies. Only now, visiting home, do I realize maybe that was a disenchanted phase. With fair introspection, I review a past with some anti-festive diatribes. Unexpectedly, I am drawn to a desire that I could express or describe. My greatest want is to share with you a life and relationship of Christmas vibes. (laughs) Wow. You want to hear the Shakespearean just as a yeah. little bonus? <laughs> <laughs> well, we should we should wait until after the selection. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I would choose, and then Let's you can take. hear the Shakespearean. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the actual take me back for Christmas. After a particularly disheartening workday at her local gift shop, Renee makes a Christmas wish for a different life. She wakes up in a New York City high-rise as the CEO of one of the most successful meal kit delivery companies in the world. Everything is seemingly perfect except for one thing. She's no longer married to her beloved husband. Is her new life too full to include her husband, or is she destined to win him back? Wow. wow. That's, that, if she's questioning that, <laughs> she needs to go to some marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, wow. Uh, this life is really good. Well, there's one thing that's not great about it. <laughs> The fact that Joe's isn't really a story. <laughs> no, it, it was it was a Hallmark story. It was the Hallmark formula in in Petrarchan sonnet form. Um, I one sestet. I I do think there's like I don't want to call it a group of weirdos, but there's some people who would be all over Todd's because of the weird <laughs> toys, like you know. <laughs> It's like that was my favorite toy, um, yeah. and and Todd's was more of a story than Joe's. So I uh, I say Todd's the winner for Take Me oh, Back for Christmas. Wow. I okay, that's the last sonnet you're getting, other than when I read off the Shakespearean <laughs> sonnet here right now, right? <laughs> but, but I'm not going back to this well in the future. Here's the I Shakespearean mean, version. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In childhood spring, we played at school and home, running, learning, laughing, and growing up, closely linked, but sharing no chromosome. Uh, (laughs) Such friends, I'm even seeing you throwing up. But the siren call of education lured me away in young adults' fall. Big city dreams, urban affectation, I stayed, though we danced at our senior ball. In my mid-30s winter, still single, I've returned to our rural small hometown. By accident, we flirtily mingle, and my citified pretension breaks down. This Christmas, I hope we can reignite the spark of young romance you knew was right. (laughs) Oh, your Shakespearean was much better. I agree. I was gonna say I think I think Shakespearean's generally your your preferred form. Yes, yes. Um oh, man, that would have been a much tougher conversation after the Shakespearean <laughs> side. <laughs> the judge decided first. Good, good thing we listened right. to just one first. I and I was trying to pander to you by asking which oh, well, sonnet form you preferred. Which I, <laughs> I appreciate. just gone with my gut and stuck we with We should do a whole special that's just like haikus. <laughs> I will say it's, that it's just poetic form. Sonnet. <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh, sonnets sonnets take a few minutes to yeah, yeah. pull yes, together. They do. Uh, I had to break out very, a writing dictionary. I'm not very lie. impressive. The chromosome line that was the best. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, All right gonna, Joseph, you gonna, get to you get to choose. I'm going to do the naughty nine. Oh, I like All this right. one. 
In the long, proud history of Santa's workshop, all the elves have always been joyful employees, eager to help in bringing Christmas cheer to all the world. All the elves, except the Naughty Nine, their names hissed in secret. Rumors are that they were banished from the North Pole for sundry misdeeds. Some suspect the Naughty Nine don't even actually exist, but are just stories parent elves tell their children to coax them into behaving. But in a cold Siberian village, there is a bar where only the toughest customers go, hardened by long winters, beaten down by cruel winds, toughened by life's injustices. This is where Mr. Green seeks out one of the mythical, banished, naughty nine elves and presents her with a plan. Mr. Green's, with Mr. Green's backing, the naughty nine will break into the workshop and steal every toy, every gift, every Christmas bottle, and ruin the holiday season for everyone. Intrigued, Winky McFrostinski agrees to assemble a team <laughs> to carry out the heist. She gathers the nine. The mastermind, Winky McFrostinski. The hacker, Piper Figgy Spice. The pickpocket, Snappy Von Nimblenails. <laughs> the wheels, Old Glitter Eye Sugar Plum. The insider, Ember O'Toffee. The safe cracker, Tinsel Fizzy Fingers. The cat burglar, Silent Night. The muscle, <laughs> Abominable Owl. <laughs> the new Sorry, kid, what was the muscle? What was the muscle? Ab Abominable Owl. <laughs> and the new kid is Toasty McChestnuts. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, they successfully get into the workshop and are on the cusp of pulling it off when Abominable Al asks where Winky got all the funding for this. Winky tries to deflect before revealing that she doesn't actually know who it was, just that they called themselves Mr. Green. Piper Figgy Spice quickly hacks into a database to find out that Mr. Green is the Grinch. Grinch. And this is a bridge too far for Al, Piper, Ember, and Toasty. They refuse to finish the heist and instead work to make sure Christmas Eve goes off smoothly. Hmm. Okay. I like it. I think that's my last one with an allusion to another character, and I apologize. <laughs> the Naughty Nine. This is about the nine worst elves in the North Pole. Oh, we are on similar footing. Nobody remembers their real names. Their call names are Scrooge, Cole, Fruitcake, Blizzard, Frostbite, Mother-in-Law, Underslept, Overscheduled, and Awkward Encounters with Exes. That last one broke Todd. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get through awkward encounters with that. <laughs> well, so few people can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Okay. Ever since they were born, they've been a terror to the North Pole. If their mothers had a dollar for every time they threatened to send these naughty nine to the South Pole, they would each be millionaires. Then one day, just before Christmas... Anti-Claus attacks the North Pole, capturing Santa, Mrs. Claus, and all of the elves. Not surprisingly, however, Scrooge, Cole, Fruitcake, Blizzard, Frostbite, Mother-in-Law, Underslept, Underscheduled, Overscheduled, and Awkward Encounters with Exes had been playing hooky and were not in the North Pole when Anti-Claus attacked. Now it's up to the Naughty Nine to bust back into the North Pole and save Christmas. Okay. Uh, the real one... Uh, this so i have actually watched this movie this year and the summary that i had available when putting these together was one sentence long and this doesn't do it justice when andy finds out he's on santa's naughty list he pulls together a group of naughty list kids to get the presents they think they deserve it is a heist <laughs> film nice all right and uh, oh oh I and so joseph has some striking that. similarities <laughs> they did have to arrange for you know the wheels 
and the tech person and all of that sort of stuff. Interesting. This one was really good, guys. This is I this is a good round for for everybody. Both of you did really good and and the real one I think is a decent Christmas movie. All right. So I'm having a really hard time. You're going to uh, to pick me to to take it. I. I am going to go with died back up. Um, (laughs) It's very close. But yes, it's going with Todd. If he'd gotten too ahead, I would be very nervous. It's going Joe's way on this one. I, I, I feel a compulsion every year to include some numerically identified title so that just to make us write a whole bunch of names so so that there's the opportunity to do, to do a whole bunch of names and also silent night was a really good insight. silent night was on that one. super good that was really that good. was super good so Very joe well gets naughty nine all right uh, and todd's todd's turn to pick i believe yes todd's pick all right uh red one is the christmas star wars christmas special that should have always existed <laughs> So when I said Red Squadron, I was spoiling your plot. <laughs> Basically, I couldn't think of anything else when I saw it. I just I and I tried, but I couldn't. Um, it follows Ray and her twin children as they sit at the feet of Chewbacca and listen to him recount the untold stories that he picked up along the way uh, as the only character alive throughout all the Star Wars films. And of course, uh, because of his relationships with Han, Luke, and Leia, he's the perfect character to fill in some of the gaps. Except that's all I got. <laughs> There's also the droids. <laughs> oh, that's true. The droids are there. Anyway, Red one. Um, not okay. much of a storyteller. It's Ray and her little babies in the little is red, Chewbacca red, red is, X-wing. Is and Chewbacca wearing his, the, his big red uh, snuggie? The Life Day outfit. His Life yeah. Day outfit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you hated that, then he doesn't have to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Red One for me. <clears throat> Please be bad. Somehow Star Wars never crossed my mind until Andrew was reading it off. That's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. I could not unsee it once I saw it. Well, I went a different direction. In Ulfrenfold, the Nordic gnomes live. Okay. (laughs) Little different than Star Wars. There in their underground lair, they have a Christmas tradition of only giving one single gift. When you're a child, you give a gift wrapped in red to a beloved elder. When you're grown, you give a gift wrapped in blue to a beloved peer. And when you're aged, you give a gift wrapped in green to one child. Because everyone only ever gives one gift. It is entirely possible that some years a popular, well-liked gnome might receive many gifts. And some gnomes receive none. Ferdri Holliman is an old gnome. He was a good and quiet kid, worked hard and kept to himself as an adult. And now he's an older gnome. His white beard reaches the ground. His small eyes are barely visible beneath bushy eyebrows and his pointy hat. Fyodri has never received a gift on any Christmas his entire life. Now he goes about his day being generally kind and unobtrusive. He holds doors open for anyone coming behind him, picks up litter, returns every shopping cart to its stall, properly yields and roundabouts. He's a model citizen, but a quiet one. In his retirement, he's taken up a part-time job as a crossing guard at the Ulfrenfold Elementary School, where he has learned all 347 kids' names. He's a little sad when the Christmas break starts and he doesn't get to see the kids anymore, but he settles into his home for the holidays, sets up his Christmas tree, turns on the homework channel, and bakes himself some Christmas treats. On Christmas morning, he's surprised when he hears a knock at his door. He puts on his pointy hat, shuffles to the door, and opens it. On his doormat is one small red present. He gasps, his eyes well up with tears, and he kneels down to pick it up, almost tripping on his long beard. His eyes follow the footprints in the snow and fall on a giant stack of 346 other red-wrapped gifts piled at the end of his walk, one from every child at the school 
Oh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That was super good. I was like, if I don't get this one, I'm really worried. Wow. <laughs> I haven't got it yet. I don't want to be too confident. But when Todd started doing a random Star Wars thing, yeah, no, I, was that's... Like, oh, I might be able to pull this one off. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So let me read off the plot and then I'll give you some other details about, about Red One. Okay. Here's All what right. I've got. Plot under wraps. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> it has not been revealed what the actual plot of Red One is, or at least was it when I, when I put this on. Also, this film has been pushed to next year. Also, this film stars The Rock, J.K. Simmons, Chris Evans, and other A-listers. Wow. This is, I think it's an Amazon movie. And I think there's like wow. one production image of The Rock in like a red flight suit. Is The Rock Santa Claus? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think he might. I think Red One is like his call sign. And he's like, I don't know. Um, but it is an upcoming American action adventure Christmas film. The project is seen as the first of a potential franchise reimagining holiday mythology. Okay. I mean, I've got some allusions to holiday mythology ready to go if they need to consult with anyone. <laughs> um, Joseph is going to win that round. Yes, I, think that's I have the lead. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not a shocking <laughs> development no, there. That was such a good story. All right. I, I, it it was see. not as good as The Dream Lord. Uh, I, I, well, it was only, but, you know. Uh, half page instead of yeah, two or three the, the pages that Lord. I did on the Dream Lord. <laughs> the Dream Lord was really long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so we have two left. I could choose between I'll Be Home for Christmas and Favorite Son Christmas. And right now, Joseph has the lead, three to two. Three to two. So if I can get one of these, I, I've won. If Todd you get one of these, these last yes. Two. What do you feel best about favorite Todd, son or in or the, the in aisle? the interest of uh, of like uh, uh, of suspense? I'm going to let you choose which one I read first. Like, I'll read it, but you know, like whichever one you're more confident, in so we can go into the last round tied. Um, oof. I mean, okay, then let's do. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas. All right, I'll be home for Christmas. Angel is madly in love with Belle. They're planning to be married next summer, but Angel sees that a planned wedding at the best venue in Belle's hometown has fallen through, and he quickly reserves the venue, even though the date is for Christmas Eve, and that is two weeks away. Belle says it's impossible <laughs> to plan everything in that amount of time, but Angel insists he will make everything perfect for her Christmas Eve wedding day. She just has to show up and be there. All the planning's on him. And thus... He begins plotting Angel and Bell's swell wedding bell spectacular. <laughs> First, he tries to simply rehire everyone that has been left in the lurch by the previous couple's cancellation. Flowers, catering, minister, all seem to be set. Angel believes he has the following secured. Flowers, bluebells, dinner, chicken with a sauce of chanterelles, cake, caramel, location, grand stairwell at the Holiday Hotel. He assures Bell that everything is all taken care of, but the day of the wedding. Wait, wait he assures Bell that all is well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. All is well. 
<laughs> all is well. Thank you. I'm going to uh, fresh read on that. Andrew, I trust you'll just edit all this out. He assures Belle that everything is... Uh, no, shoot. Okay. <laughs> he assures <laughs> Belle that all is well. But the day of the wedding, chaos strikes. He learns that the invitation was misspelled. The minister is unwell. The owner of the hotel is trying to sell and has a very seedy clientele. The previous couple's color scheme was pastel, a shade that is repulsive to Belle. Belle's six-year-old nephew is raising hell and he was trying to play, when he was trying to place his boutonniere, it ripped his lapel. So now, <laughs> without Belle noticing, Angel recruits his groomsmen to fix everything on the fly. One distracts Belle with a conversation while another is replacing all the pastels. Another is madly registering for an online ministry so he can perform the ceremony. And the chanterelles were poisonous, so one is shopping at every grocery store to get enough food to feed all the guests. Everywhere Belle's tar- Belle turns, she sees a perfect wedding day, but the audience sees chaos right behind her as the venue is remade by Angel and his friends. Hmm. I like it. Okay, I'll Be Home for Christmas is a fictional office-style docudrama mm. that follows the lives of Walmart employees <laughs> from Black Friday through the end of the year. I was, I was, I was I, in my head, I was like, Todd hasn't done a documentary yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, the main character is Carol Frost, who's a recently graduated student working at Walmart during her gap year before she starts her freshman classes at Stanford. Other characters include John, the guy with an oxygen tank, a smoker's voice, and a heart of gold who gives out stickers to the kids when they come into the store. Susan, who happily helps at the self-checkout and has to take over every overtime and subs for everyone because she needs to take care of the grandkids she's taken under her wing. Robert, who works in electronics and needs the job to take care of his young wife and new child. Gary, the manager and Walmart golden boy who started working at Walmart the day he turned 16 and quickly rose through the ranks to be the youngest manager in Walmart history. Zach, who works in the meat department because he needed a second job to make ends meet while getting his pilot license. Mandy, just turned 16 and needs the money to support her Taylor Swift addiction. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that line got me so hard, but it really, really did. I did a hit close to home. I'll let it soak in for you. (laughs) This is... This is a joke that only two dads with teenage girls can really appreciate. Uh, Some of the characters can't wait to get home because the job is drudgery. Others can't wait to get to work because it's the only place they really feel alive. It's got like a severance vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not just because of mystery and intrigue, but because it places equal importance on the workplace as in like the, the family place. So they follow these people around the work, and then also go home with them, and you get to just kind of see it and just kind of be with them. All right, you mentioned mystery and intrigue. I didn't feel that in the descri- well, description that you've given us. Um, yeah, not because of mystery. Oh, and not because. Okay. So, right, I may have right, said right. not just because, but I'm. I, what I mean is not because of mystery <laughs> and intrigue. Gotcha. Although. Could be. I mean. If that's what Andrew's looking for. Things, <laughs> you can throw uh, in a little. Things can take turns sometimes. So right. anyway, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like in Severance, how there's like, it's an office thing, and it's a not office thing. That's what I'll uh-huh. for the Dick Van Dyke like. show model. <laughs> it's the Dick Van Dyke show model. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I'll Be Home for Christmas was originally titled Big Box Christmas. New title, way better. <laughs> Two exes Agreed. finally reconnect when a snowstorm leaves them stranded in a superstore without cell service or Wi-Fi just before Christmas. <laughs> nice. I thought for sure it was going to be Wedding Isle. 
the, the, the pun was you know the, did I, you i didn't that never even crossed no my it, mind. i was just sure this was like a hallmark hallmark, hallmark wedding christmas wedding situation no, no, no. um but you I, went before and you were much closer yeah i loved joseph's farce wedding like <laughs> fraser inspired chaos yeah mm-hmm. and and so joseph's gonna win this year oh yes! wow <laughs> Just it, like that. That was just really all strong. I, all I'd written on it was wedding farce. That's what I had written down as my prompt. And I wow. <laughs> had to work, work towards that. All right. Well, I mean, it was also really pride. good when it when it ripped his lapel. That was. <laughs> Nobody's going to appreciate how good all the wordplay was, you know, during the movie. Because yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of pitch specific. Yes. You got to be in the room where the pitch is happening for that one. <laughs> really land all right so our last round is favorite sung christmas i think the hardest one for me to think about we had to delay this recording by like two weeks to to be able to make it happen and this is the one i had not written before our original record date and i did not write it till this morning i wrote, <laughs> I I wrote it just about been, 20 minutes ago i've just so. been simmering with favorite sung christmas like what is that one gonna be is it i'm up first yeah okay uh, this is the story of a father and his two sons one is responsible the other's a knucklehead but the father's favorite when they are teenagers, the knucklehead asks for his inheritance. The father concedes, and the younger son wastes his fortune in riotous living. <laughs> the years go by, and every year at Christmas, the father and the older son sit by the fire in the light of the Christmas tree, and the father talks about how much he misses his favorite son, never realizing or recognizing the good that the older son did. More years go by, and the father dies. The good son is so sad that he almost doesn't set up for Christmas, but reluctantly does so, remembering his father's love for the holiday season. Then, on Christmas Eve night, while sitting by the fire and thinking about his father, there's a knock at the door. The favorite son has returned. I think I sensed another illusion. Uh, possibly. <laughs> but with a twist. Yes. That's always key. You can't just straight up tell right. the story of the Grinch. You gotta have some spins on it. That's right. That's right. Or in this case, maybe the prodigal son. Hard to say. Hard to say what you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What inspired you. All right. Favorite son Christmas. Every character in this is a gingerbread uh, cookie. Just just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. Important context. Yeah. At Gingerbread Manor, the Nutmeg family and a few close friends have arrived for their annual holiday party, but nobody knows who invited Trim Stocking, the world-famous Christmas detective, but he's there. All day, the snow is falling heavily. Dozens of guests worry they might, or the dozen guests worry they might be snowed in. Just before dinner, Trim is sitting in the study observing Cranberry and Figgy's game of billiards when the power goes out. Confused at first, they all jump up when they hear the maid scream. Everyone runs to the room where the screams are coming from. The maid has found the patriarch of the family, Cider Chestnut, murdered in his office. Papers strewn everywhere, some burning in the fireplace. Near the crushed and broken chunks of Cider's body, scrawled in red frosting on the floor, are the words, favorite son. Trim, stock, trim stocking has famously only solved Christmas mysteries, and now he has one. Ah, <laughs> that's nice. All right, I love a good murder and mystery. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I've got it for you, gingerbread murder though. So it's less man. shocking when there's I... stuff scrawled on the floor. <laughs> right, I like the chunks of his body. That's good. <laughs> there's a lot more gruesome if they're not gingerbread people. <laughs> yes. It's a very, if, if you don't mention that up front, it's a very different description. And it's weird that it's in red frosting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. Now, I don't know how neither of you caught on to this. Favorite son Christmas. 
clearly a sequel to the 2021 film Favorite Son. <laughs> oh, what was I thinking? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the iconic film that we've all been waiting for the sequel, uh, sequel to. Okay. Pastor Blaine <laughs> has taken over the Graceway Church, whose financials are in dire straits. Looking to the Jubilee to save the day, First Lady Rita suggests a so-gifted reunion to rouse the necessary ticket sales. Will the ghost of the Christmas past haunt the church's future? Or can the brothers and wives overcome old gripes to reconcile the and harmonize for a reunion to bring it all back together? I bet that makes a lot more sense if you've seen Favorite Son. All right, probably. I just looked up Favorite Son. This is the story of brothers and a gospel group struggling to find the balance between life, love, faith, and religion while under the strict rule of their father, a megachurch reverend. Mm. Okay. And I bet So Gifted was like the name of the group. And so oh, bet, when when yeah. she suggests a so gifted reunion, it's getting yes. the band back together. There mm-hmm. you go. Oh, I love a good getting the band back together story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even knowing a little bit more from favorite song, it's not going to win. Been getting the band back together. M- mine was getting the band together. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, this is a big year for Joe. Yes. Wow. This is. It's oh, not a clean sweep. It's not a clean sweep. Unbelievable. But it is. I I bet if we went back and tallied all the points that have been given, Todd's still ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the history of this game. (laughs) Which is what, nine years that we've been doing this? That's all right. We'll get one of my kids to uh, listen to them all and tally all the points for us next year so we can know where the overall standing. (laughs) What the overall standings are. Yes. Now, I want to know which was your favorite of your own and which was your favorite of your opponent. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite of my own was the the gnomes, the the red one. That one was uh-huh. where, where I was like, my I, favorite of yours. That was I'm like heading into Dream Lord, where it's like I might need to actually like try and do something with the story and <laughs> like remember it. Yeah. And it's nice when you get um, I mean, like a lot of these throughout the episode are goofy, right? We're doing a lot of jokes, yeah. And occasionally yeah. you hit like a sincere one, and it hits just right. All right, tell what was your favorite of your own there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I this this is p- part of the problem. Um, I like I actually liked I'll be home for oh, Christmas. I, I was gonna say that was my favorite. <laughs> was was I, I think it was I'll be home for Christmas. Like oh, I'm going through I, the titles, remember which one of yours was. I'm like oh, I really like like Todd's I'll be home. I for Christmas. really 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 did like that one. I think I liked it probably better than one of the ones that Joe won for. It's just, but you know, not it's, it's my, what, what's head to head. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I so, also liked your, uh, your 99 with the South. The 99 was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the 99. Those the, were, the those were both one. really solid, but like I can picture Todd's I'll be home for Christmas being mm-hmm. a, a like classic that people yeah. watch every year. And you know, it, it like scratches an, an office itch, but it's Christmas specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel I like think... I'll be home for Christmas. My I'll be home for Christmas is going to be one that like mm, a year from now, two <laughs> we, years from we, now, we, we think it's three years from now. I'm like, like, I'm like what regretting. did Joe do for I'll be home for Christmas? <laughs> wedding farce. It was obviously the wedding farce at Christmas. <laughs> no, yours was good. I liked it. <laughs> no, the, like I thought that was one of the strongest um, matchups head, head, the, this whole yeah. year was I was like, oh, these are both. I think the 99 was also probably 99. Was yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 And then what was your that favorite was of each other's? 
Well, yeah. I like Joe's gnome one. Yeah, and, and he liked and my those two. Yeah. Oh, okay. So those are still the the favorites overall. Yeah, I think we we all agreed kind of on which ones. And did you have a favorite overall of the year? Ooh. A favorite overall. Mm. It was Todd's I'll be home for Christmas. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that would be so typical. Of no, I, think, <laughs> I think it. <laughs> I mean, Joseph would still be the winner, so I could switch it. But um, yeah. I I think it was it was um, the Christmas hero, Deli, Deli of the Beast. And, um, really? Well, I just really liked the, like, Oh, it's it's a sandwich, but I also think it's okay. I mean, I love a good sandwich, and if someone went through a lot of effort to create or recreate a very special sandwich for me, I would feel like pretty special about that. And now, so I think it's a really romantic to recreate a sandwich for you. Would you say <laughs> maybe too far? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, and I've been trying to think of additional like hero's journey or works of fiction sandwich based puns and <laughs> it's been unfortunately difficult for a second i was like crossing of the fresh bread is that anything and it's not no it's, it's not, not close enough to crossing of the threshold yeah uh but. well uh well todd thank you for coming to record this in person uh, uh so glad that i made it it's a very it's solid been year since we saw each other face to face i mean we have nice. you on the podcast every year multiple times but haven't actually seen you for years i mean there was a pandemic that did definitely disrupt two and a half years at least. <laughs> yeah uh but thank you for coming todd thank you listeners for downloading this christmas special we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story so long so long word small town bnb andrew andrew yeah andrew we can't make out a single word it's gone <laughs> complete digital artifact on us well that's your problem this <laughs> <laughs> is gonna make us very hard to banter with uh the actual plot here just start back over it sounded better when now, we yeah just it seems to come back all right hold on i just realized i need to rename a character <laughs> you, you had files mention yours Finch? too files mentioned <laughs> No, I just uh, use the exact same name to much more significance in a later plot. <laughs> I don't want to use the same name <laughs> twice in two plots.